Hello and welcome to The Donfather, a family podcast about a once great football club who has descended into a shambles, has endured 20 years of poor decision-making, mediocrity and laughable decisions. And right now... I can't see a way out of it. I can't see a change. I can't see this football club really being worth our time, effort, or money. Who is with me on this dour evening? A very um, sombre Laura is here with you. Um, Yeah, so my Monday really sums up the Essendon Football Club. I know as um, physios, we're not supposed to have favourite patients, but I do have a favourite patient who is this nine-year-old boy that I treat and he is a diehard Richmond supporter and every he comes in fortnightly on a Monday and literally before he says hello the first thing he says to me every time is Essendon lost which you know as a as a fan I'm well aware that they've lost but seriously I'm getting trash talked by a 9 year old because my our football club is so shit mm. and um we spent most of our session today writing up a deal for after the dreamtime game which I'm going to come away on the on the wrong end of I think mm. what's your deal oh well um it ranges from getting dusty tattoos to um Actually, the one that will probably come off is that I'll have to wear an Essendon jumper, a Richmond jumper, sorry, for the session. Um, and if Essendon wins, he refuses to wear an Essendon jumper and I just get to be the boss, which I am every session anyway. So, yeah, it looks like I'm going to be having to wear that disgusting, bre- uh, not brown, black and yellow in a couple of weeks when he comes back in. I'm pretty lucky in that um, Melbourne Victory are playing a final at a very similar time to I'm very lucky in that Melbourne Victory are playing a semi-final uh, at a similar time to the Dreamtime game. So I hopefully will miss most of it if not all of it. What a disaster. Like, I don't even know if I want to watch. I don't want to watch. Uh, and the only reason I will watch is so that we can make a very sad, depressing episode about it uh, afterwards. So, interestingly, one of our other, um, well, we can't call them a Donfather person because they defected and barrack for Richmond. How? I don't know, they should be disowned from the family, but contacted mum and wanted to go to the Dreamtime game because they're a Richmond supporter. And thankfully, there are no tickets because I do not want to sit through that. No way, no way. Well, we're kind of previewing the second half of the episode. Look, I can't be bothered looking for songs and editing in, so let's just jump straight into our dislikes because I'm telling you, there are no likes. This, This football club is... A disgrace. It's a mess. This group of players very clearly either don't care about what they're doing or don't know what they should be doing, both of which are very, very big problems for a club that has really gone backwards consistently for 20 years. Do you really think that they don't care? Like, I can't imagine that there would be a group of players who have a chance to 
be a professional athlete and make it at a professional level would then not care and want to go out and give such terrible performances. I, I can't see it being a they don't care, in which case, what's the bigger issue? Well, the, whether they care or not, it looks like they don't care. It looks like they're not putting in effort. And yep. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're preparing. And I'm sure they're doing everything that all the other... Well, I'm sure they're not doing everything that all the other professional footballers are doing. Because if they were, they would be average. They're not average. They're poor. They're woeful. They're shit. So they're it doing something very, like, very wrong. Yeah, the other day it actually looked like they like that Sydney were a an AFL side, professional team. And Essendon were like the under-18s trying to match it up with the professional players. Like, they just had nothing. Mm. Well, this is why I think... I don't know that Rutten needs to go, but this is why what they're doing clearly is clear to me that it doesn't work and it needs to change. That was the smallest ground in the AFL. And we could not stop Sydney moving the ball around at will. We laid 30 tackles for the entire game, less than 10 a quarter, when we didn't have the football for the entire game on the smallest ground in the AFL. So clearly, if you can't defend the SCG, the easiest place to defend, you can't defend anywhere. So the system doesn't work. It's fucked. It needs to change. It hasn't worked since round one, and it's not going to work. Persisting with it is not going to work. The game plan, well, I don't know what the game plan is, but whatever it is, it needs to change. So, yes, I agree with you, but I just have a question about the smallest ground in the AFL, right? Because um, Essendon, when they've been under pressure this year, have been terrible, right? Like, as in through the midfield, there's been lots of handballing and lots of mistakes when they're in that kind of situation. So, does a smaller ground increase the pressure because there's less room to move? This is a legit question. Probably. But converse to that is the smaller ground should also give you the opportunity to put your own pressure on, to set up your zone defense better, to be able to intercept the ball better. So really what it comes down to is a willingness at the contest. So if you're not willing to put your head over the football to make a fight of the game, you're going to get the result that we got. Sydney should have beaten us by 150 points. The only reason that we were we weren't completely well, we were completely embarrassed. The only reason why it wasn't a record margin, and I'm talking all time record, is because they kicked 21 behinds. Oh yeah, they they, their inaccuracy saved us. They should have kicked 30 goals. Mm. I remember watching parts of this game, and because I I didn't catch the entirety of the first quarter. Essendon would be having a shot for goal. I'd look down, look back up, and then Sydney would be having a shot for goal. Like, it was just obscene. There was no pressure anywhere on that ground. Not one player that stepped out onto that field, in my opinion, can say, yep, I did my job today. What's even more disappointing is that it was Dyson Heppel's 200th game. Um, It was his 30th birthday, like a pretty special day for him. And, I mean, he... If you're going to have any likes, he probably had a a pretty decent game, but we're talking decent out of a very mediocre team, right? So it's all relative. But if you can't even like bring the effort and the intensity for your captain's 200th game, there's a problem. I've given up 
expecting any sort of emotion, response, uh, any reaction from this club. Um, I I can't for and look, we've been terrible for for twenty years, but I can't remember an occasion where they've really come to play. How, apart from the first game back after the, all the players got suspended. That's the only time I remember Essendon getting up for a big occasion and putting on a good performance. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting because um, Lloydie was talking on the footy show yesterday and he he is so dirty on on the players so there was an incident where Luke Parker was um I hate that guy well also so do I but was um mocking Dylan Shield for something and um Lloydie was just like nobody like he said someone should have just gone through him like given away a free kick gone through it gone through him and actually you know showed some emotion and likewise when um I don't know who it was but took out Zach Merritt and he was just lying there like a deliberate kind of um, mm-hmm. away from the contest hit. Yeah, and against not... GWS. No, no, no. In this game. Oh, in this game. In this game. Someone, um, yeah, eyes off the ball, went straight for Zach Merritt um, and he copped a really hard hit, like shoulder into his face and not one person stood up or not one person went for that guy. There was no remonstration, no nothing mm. after that. And well, I think that's pretty classic. Essendon. It happened a few years ago when um, they went after Goddard. Um, mm. I think it was in 2017 or something. And not one, they like they, against Carlton, and, you know, they were niggling him and punching him and, and holding him off the ball to get him off his game. And not one teammate went to help him. Now, this, this demonstrates to me a really big problem in that the players... And, and Rutten talks about, oh, we don't have a connection. You know, we lost our connection, blah, blah, blah. It says to me that the players don't like each other. It says what does to it me mean that, like we've lost our connection? That, um, you know, you don't know. When you're really playing as a team, you can get the ball and you know that this person's going to be running there. So you almost don't even need to um, look where you're kicking it because you know that every you've played together so much and you, you know that people are going to be running in certain patterns and those sorts of things. Um, but what that says to me is that the players are a fractured group. And this was part of what the issue was at the end of 2020. And maybe we haven't gotten past that. Maybe there is still little... And I imagine in any group of people, there's going to be little cliques and people that get on better with each other and, and those sorts of things. But the at a football club, you need the whole group to be friendly with each other, not necessarily being best friends with each other, because you're going to have groups within it. But to me, it seems like that they don't care for each other. Because when I used to play football, um, obviously junior football and amateur football, if someone hit your teammate like that, you there was also almost the most fun is, is starting a fight and having the rest of your mates join in. Um, mm. And I don't see that from Essendon, and I haven't seen it for a number of years. I, I don't remember that from since sort of the early 2000s when we had some really mean players like Barnard and those sorts of players. Um, Remember when Mark Johnson would just like arc up as soon as anybody, um, you know, went near one of his teammates, he would be in your face ready for a fight. And and as a fan, you, I mean, Devin Smith does that a little bit, but you need more. Um, 
as a fan, you actually don't care if they give away a free kick. Like, if someone, you know, flattens Zach Merritt, and then you see someone flying from the other side of the ground to take out that person, you don't care if they get a free kick and a goal from it. You That's exactly what Lloydie said. That's exactly what Lloydie said. He's like, give away the free kick, but show some fight, show some spirit, show some, like, camaraderie. That, that it means something to you. That, and that, that, you're, you're... that you're there to look after your teammate. Yeah. Like, yeah. imagine so... you were actually, let's be a bit extreme and say, going into war, and these were your these were your soldiers that you were fighting against. Like, it doesn't look like any of them would trust each other or trust each other with their lives or would put themselves um, aside for their teammates. Yeah, I find those... Um those comparisons to actual combat situations a bit distasteful well, when they talk I know. about it on the footy. That um, was like a little bit extreme, but I'm just saying like like if that was, if you were in that kind of team environment. Well, the one thing I used to like about um, a footy team is that like um, when you socialise together and that sort of thing, you had this real connection. Um, and, you know, if, and we never got into trouble outside of um, the game. But you knew that you had your mates that like were always there to back you up, to look after you. If someone had a few too many drinks, you know, you know you're going to get them home, that sort of thing. Um, and it just doesn't feel like that on the football field, um, watching Essendon play. It doesn't feel like they care about each other. It doesn't feel like they'd, they'd stand up for each other. No, um, not at all. Not at all. And it looks like they sort of play like for the, each individual's own agenda. Mm. Which, in a professional environment, who knows? It must come into it. You know, this guy, you know, we know he's on a lot of money and he's not doing his job, so why should I have to do the job? But that's that, for me, comes down to the coach in that he needs to create that connection. Or if there are individuals who aren't fitting in, like we did in 2020, um, with Saad, with um, Fantasia, with Danaher, you need to get those people out of the group, whoever they are. You need to you need to move them on. If they're not willing to buy in and be part of the group, they need to go. Yeah, I agree. If you were looking from the outside, who do you think that is? I, to me, it doesn't look like we have any rat bags in in the group that aren't professional. Um, but Dylan Shield looks really off. He's looked off all year to me. Um, so I wonder if if he's not quite there with the group, if he doesn't quite, if he's a bit of a lone wolf. Um, because sometimes when you are that kind of player and that kind of professional, um, a bit like Buckley was when he played at Collingwood, is that he was a bit arrogant. And I'm, I've never met Dylan Shield. I haven't spoke. I've had no interaction with him. So this is all speculation. But he, for me, seems a bit off. Um, what do, what about his play makes you think that? He just seems to be really low on confidence. And um, Noodle was telling me that um, someone on the inside is saying that he, he doesn't do much defensive work. Um, but that's all, you know, second and third hand and speculation. I, um, I actually still think he's quite valuable for the football club. And I think the problem is way bigger than any individual in terms of us not defending. It's... It's woeful. This is this is the worst consistent performance um, that I've seen since 2020. And 2020 
was the worst I'd seen since the Matthew Knights era. Mm. Yeah, we're not doing well. No, it's just they they look lost. They look like they don't know what they're doing uh, and they look like they're not willing to change. And it's really disappointing because for a lot of us, well, you and I especially, watching the Essendon game is the highlight of our weekend or one of the highlights of our weekend. And so when you just are like, oh, how much are we going to lose by this week? It's even more demoralising than 2016 when we had no players. Mm. Like well, that, your expectations were, were much lower in 2016. Yeah. I remember in 2016, actually, at the Dreamtime game, it was such a, like, freezing cold, raining, such a miserable night, and we were getting absolutely pumped. And I was sitting there, and I actually was questioning my life choices, like, what am I doing here? And it mm. feels like that every time I watch an Essendon game at the moment. Well, the thing is that the rusted-on fans like us go every week regardless. and you spend some period of your weekend, minimum three hours of your weekend, um, engaging with this football club. And at the moment, it's not enjoyable. It's mm. not fun. It's not relaxing. It's not an enjoyable process. And you think, well, why Why do we do this? Why do we bother mm. when you, know, you give up time on your weekend to watch the game for no reward you know no well, not even effort like okay if they mm. lose but they've put in effort that's one thing that's but right they're not they don't appear to be putting in effort and the thing is we're not we're not overestimating where this team should be we know we're developing we know we're in a um development stage of our cycle but literally and we've said this almost every episode this year literally every aspect of our football club looks like it's gone backwards this year. Not mm. one part of the football club has improved. Not one player is playing better, apart from maybe Peter Wright. Not The defence has gotten worse, and it was already bad last year. Nothing's improved. Our ball movement hasn't improved. Our connection hasn't improved. Our clearance... Have, nothing's improved. Mm. It's yeah. every aspect of our club. Our injury management, our fitness, everything looks like it's worse. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything to add. I agree. So it's, it's. I mean, the Sydney loss was was very disappointing, but it's it's been a, a long year already. And you know, we watched round one. We went to round one, and at quarter time, I said to you, "Our season's done." Mm. And, and I was right. Yeah. Because that effort. To turn up with that effort on round one is such a terrible omen for the rest of the year. And everything since has done nothing but convince me that I should have stopped watching Essendon at quarter time, round one, 2022. Mm. Yep, yep. I even, like, so naively, actually, because I copped it the other week for, oh, you shouldn't tip against your team. So this week I was like, all right, they had a good win against Hawthorne. Maybe the tide is turning. Maybe the momentum has has swung. And so I very naively actually tipped the Bombers this week. And um, I'm slipping further and further down the footy tipping ladder because I put faith in my team. Mm. No, I I have long since lost faith with not only the, the team, but 
the club itself, like they come mm. out with the same rhetoric, the same bullshit, the same we're learning, we're improving, and nothing changes. We've it's been hearing been that like since 2016, this, at least. We, we've been hearing that since 2016, that, you know, we're developing, we're young. In the same amount of time, St Kilda's rebuilt twice. Carlton's rebuilt. Literally every other club has gone past us. The mm. only ones that haven't are North Melbourne, who have won a final earlier than us. They played in a prelim that year. And West Coast, who won a premiership in 2018. Mm. Every other team has gone past us and has improved and has gone through at least a cycle of some success in that time. Mm. And we are, we, we are actually the worst club in the AFL right now. How are we not on the bottom of the ladder? I'm genuinely Because North confused. Melbourne exists. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, well, North Melbourne and West Coast. West Coast have had an injury and COVID disaster. Their preseason was destroyed. Um, but really, we we won't get out of the bottom four this season. Mm. If if it was up to me, I would be tanking and I would be hoping for picks. But then again, like... But we have had so many young, like, draft picks recently. Like we're not develop- and, developing them, and we can't develop them. That's right. And we, we don't need more them. young players. We need like that middle age bracket with experience that are gelling really well together. I don't think we need more young players. No, I think we need more players around the Perkins, Cox, Reed kind of age. So draft uh, picks is not, too late anyway. We're not going to have um, success with um, with our mature players. There, there's no way. There's no way anyone over the age of 25 is seeing success at Essendon. Mm. We're too much of a schmozzle. Um, it's it's when Draper becomes established, those sorts of... When they're in there like 26, 27, that's... If we're lucky, we may have success then. So four or five years from now. But not soon. We're not winning mm. the flag next year. Oh, um, God, no. We're not, we're not winning much for quite a long time. Hmm. Agree. Yeah. Agree. I mean, if we're going to have one like, I thought Draper played pretty well. He's probably the one shining light for us this season, him and Peter Wright. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't think that performance, not him personally, I don't think the performance of that team deserves any likes. I think it was disgraceful. There's yet another game where it was a training session for hmm. for our opponents, where yet again we didn't turn up. So let, let's run through them. Geelong didn't turn up. Uh, Brisbane Lions kicked ourselves out of it. Melbourne, an okay effort. Adelaide, we played a quarter. Um, Fremantle yeah. didn't turn up. Collingwood, okay effort. Bulldogs didn't turn up. Hawthorne played a quarter. Sydney didn't turn up. All right, so that's one, two... Three, four out of nine. Nine, so nearly fifty percent where we haven't turned up. Mm. And then like the others we've played like one decent quarter. Yeah, yeah. Or we've gotten lucky because they haven't kicked well or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's not good enough. It's not good enough from a professional team, um, and. It's not good enough for the club to take money from the members and deliver this kind of product. 
and and at this stage not come out not have the president come out not have the ceo come out not have anyone make any meaningful statements or make any any mention of of acknowledging the fans or anything like that mm-hmm. i listened to a post game interview with dyson heppel yesterday just like a snippet of it and it was literally cliche after cliche Mm-hmm. about like oh we're disappointed with the effort but you know we're working and blah 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 and just every single cliche you could imagine came out of his yeah. mouth and yeah, like they actually don't, they don't even say anything they just like no. give these cliches that actually if you listen to it it doesn't actually mean anything like they've literally talked around in circles um it's a technique often used by psychopaths actually um not saying they're psychopaths but it's called word salad where like they say a lot of things and use a lot of words, but you get to the end of what they've said and you go, what did they even say? Yeah. I just, that's, yeah, use words, but there's no meaning. That's every press conference with Ben Rutten. Mm. Is he actually says nothing of any significance of any note. And he's not the only one. that It's consistent across the AFL. Mm. But they actually say nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're frustrated. We understand the fans are frustrated. We're working, we're learning, we want to get back to playing the way that we know we can, all that kind of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Talk is cheap. Let's see some action. Yeah. It's just, it's woeful. It's Mm. really, really bad. And Sydney Sydney had a field day. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've rambled on enough about how shit Essendon is. Mm. (laughs) I don't think we need to... Bore anybody with any more of that? Yeah. Why don't we take a little bit of a break and then when we come back, we can quickly gloss over the shellacking that we had. Not your fault but mine And it was your heart on the line I really fucked it up this so Laura, time my Dream day. time at, well, Nightmare it, at the G I was just about to say Nightmare on the MCG um, Let's talk What's this game going to look like? Jack Revolt's going to kick about eight goals Dusty's going to rack up about 45 possessions. Um, yeah, that's what it's going to look like. We're going to kick about three goals for the game. I reckon our score will be something like 3-16. And it's going to be over by quarter time. You reckon we're going to get 19 scoring shots? Hmm, that's, that's optimistic. But yeah, I didn't think of it like that. Let's have a look. Probably not. Um, so let's have a look at Richmond's team from last week. Bolter, Grimes, Nguyen, Rioli, Boston, Baker. Is Boston a back back player? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to have a field down, Peter Wright. Won't kick a goal. He'll kick a goal late. They've got quite a young team, but I mean, the core is still there. The score of Martin, who gives us headaches. Lynch, who... We haven't really got anyone to go with Lynch at the moment. That would mm. not ordinarily be James Stewart. Um, but even if Stewart comes in as a first game back, Lynch is going to eat him for breakfast. And with our 
without pressure in, as it is in the midfield, um, I reckon he's going to kick 12. Revolt? No, Lynch. Oh. oh, I forgot about him. He came from Gold yeah. Coast, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of him. Yeah, I think he's a knob. But um, yeah, I think I think we're really going to struggle. I can't see us winning any part of the ground against Richmond. Mm. I'm so sick of losing to these these guys. Um, but I I just don't see a way that we don't lose by less than seven goals. Yeah, yeah. If we like. Who who honestly deserves to keep their spot from the weekend? I actually think Heppel does. He Let's had a reasonable look. game. Look, our defence, probably our defence stays the same. Um, you can't drop Heppel, even though he probably needs to. No, I thought he spell. was he was probably one of our best on Saturday mm. night. I mean, the best of a bad bunch, but I thought he had a reason, reasonable game. Yeah. I think Draper keeps his spot. Peter Wright keeps his spot. The problem Nick is we Bryan. haven't got anyone. We haven't got anyone to come in. Mm. I'm I'm happy to to run. I, I think we're at the point in the season where, um, you just run kids. You just drop whoever's already. It's round nine, and we're already at the point in the season where you run the kids. Yep, I, we're done. We're finished. We're wow. there's nothing to be gained from this season now. There's no purpose in playing experienced players. I think we we play the kids. Um, but the problem is we we already are playing the kids, right? Like, um, yeah. And they're they're pretty poor at the moment. Look, I think I I think players like Hobbs and that get a get a free pass. They're developing. He right? had quite a good game, I thought. Yeah, I think Hobbs has been playing well. Um, Nick Martin's been playing well. Um, Caldwell may play. I I give an hour. Jeez, he copped it. Copped it. Big knock. That was oh, he had courageous. an AC. That yeah, was, that was actually that's, let's, let's put that in the likes. He was very courageous with that. That was awful to watch. Mm. How he came out with a shoulder injury and not a concussion, I will never know. Mm. I, I don't expect that he'll play. I think he'll probably miss, mm. um, which means that Waterman will, will start. But I don't think it really matters who comes in and comes out. Um, if we we can win this football game, if we turn up willing to put in effort and to put in pressure. Maybe but we need nothing... some late changes again. That seemed to work for us last time. Well, nothing that I've seen this season would suggest to me that we are any chance at all. No. no. Uh, Essendon playing well from last year um, could get close to winning this game. But the way the team's playing this year, um, it's not. It's not going to get close. And the thing is, if they come out with an effort now as a response to... And, and win this game, it almost makes me more angry because it's like, well, why does it take a shellacking and being embarrassed in the media for you to turn up and do your fucking job? But they've been embarrassed in the media every single week. Like literally every time, I mean, I always see the ads for um, Footy Classified every Monday night and all they're ever talking about is how shit Essendon are. Like they've been the topic of conversation all year and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Well, it, when you're a big club and you have a lot of fans, um, you you get targeted by the media because it, it gets people to watch, gets people to turn on. You're either an Essendon hater and you watch it and you're like, yeah, this is great. 
or you're someone who goes for Essendon and you enjoy being depressed, so you watch that too. Mm. It yeah. just it sells newspapers, it it gets clicks, it gets people online. Um, but if you're like me, you kind of go whenever Essendon lose, I go into like media blackout. I don't <laughs> open any. I don't go to the AFL website. I don't open any articles. I don't read anything. I just go into Essendon blackout. Mm. No, I do. I just I'm a consumer of the media. I like to know what people are saying. Mm. I like to form biased opinions about things. Mm. Biased and uneducated opinions. Yeah. So, I, keep going. I just, yeah, I think it's going to be a disaster. Like, I'm almost, yeah, I will watch it, but it's going to be a disaster. I, I do not see a way, as you said, in which we do not get absolutely slammed this week like i just mm. do not see how how it doesn't happen we can't defend the mcg we're not going to be able to the scg we're not going to be able to defend the mcg no way what's the um what's the update on players like waller and um yeah our forwards um waller looks very unfit mm. i i do you think he's done i think he might be done Wow, that's so sad. Yeah, yeah he 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 had a COVID break and has come back, you know, after two weeks out, and he looks he looks had, real unfit. So, do you think unfit as in like has been undisciplined, or unfit as in like COVID's got him good? Maybe COVID's got him good. Because I mean, like, I'm not an elite athlete, right? I don't claim to be, but the first run I did after COVID, holy moly, my lungs felt like they were like so stiff and could not expand. But having said that, I um, bounced back pretty quickly. Like within a couple of weeks, I was back to full capacity. Mm, mm. Yeah, look, it, it could be a COVID thing, but the the VFL reports that I've read and seen um, have said that he's, he's really struggling. Um, having said that, our VFL side has been woeful. Yeah, but of course they have because half the players are in the AFL getting slammed and so they've got like super young kids. Mm. Like it's got to go down the chain, right? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um... Like these players like Hobbs and Brian and um, Zach Reed would probably really ideally be in the VFL because we've got senior players that are performing and fit and healthy. So, you know, if they've stepped up to the AFL, then... It's got to go down the chain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's no question that that happens. Um, you know, it's really disappointing. Sorry, not specifically about Essendon, but a lot of these Indigenous players that have so much potential that could be so amazing just often seem to really struggle, don't they? Like we talk Walla, um, Cyril Rioli. Um, I'm sure there's others, but that have so much potential to be, or Cyril really did reach his potential, but they just seem to have um, a lot of Irving. health. Yeah, Irving Mosquito. I knew there was another yeah. one I was thinking of. Um, even Dean Rioli when he was at Essendon. Yeah, I think Dean, Dean Rioli had um, trouble with his body. Mm. Um, it wasn't necessarily that he um, mentally struggled. I think he, he struggled to stay fit. Mm. Um, because he he had a degenerative knee injury, um, which then, and he wasn't you know just like you and me. We like food, 
Um, you know, he wasn't the kind of player that was naturally lean. Mm. And so when you can't train and you're not great with your diet, you end up um, ballooning a little bit. Mm. Yeah. And I think that was his big issue. Yeah. That he, he, he continued to get leg injuries, which then meant that he lost fitness. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We've completely digressed, but yeah, I'm just, it's a shame about Walla. Like I really want him to get back to his best because he, he brings so much excitement and really he brings what we need to the footy club. Yeah. If I was Essendon now, I would, I wouldn't bother bringing Walla back. I, I, I mean, I would let him spend the rest of the year getting fit and wouldn't bother playing him. And, and if he's going to play on next year, have him ready for next year. Mm. Uh, yeah. I just put him in a, in a 12. Same with Stringer. I wouldn't bring Stringer back. Leave him. He's, he's just going to do more soft tissue injuries. He's just signed a huge deal, hasn't he, Stringer? It wasn't huge, but it was a three-year deal. Yeah. And so is this uh, year one of his three-year deal? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I'd, I'd leave him out of the team. Um and then you've got to have a look at the rest of the list, and you've got so to look at. So, what did so Snelling had a calf injury during preseason, right? Why yep. is he not coming back until after the bye? What happened with that? He redid his calf. Yeah, but why is it taking so long? Because we're that's like a twelve-week calf injury. It's because we're imbeciles. The and, the fitness staff don't know what they're doing. The and, rehab staff, the physios, they they don't know what they're doing. And are they still listing Langford as three to four weeks? Because he's been listed as three to four weeks for about eight weeks now. Uh, let's have a look. Injury and performance update. So Nick Cox is a test, so it hasn't been updated for this week. This so... was. Oh, I'm looking at one that on the Essendon app from six o'clock tonight. Um, he'll see a foot and ankle surgeon for an opinion about um, a Liz Frank injury. So he's done for the season. He sustained the injury when kicking during the Bombers practice match. Yeah, they had a, a game against Sydney. Um, um, and then news so is more Essendon, positive for Jai, Jai Caldwell. So um, scans confirmed an AC joint injury, but he's still a chance to be available for selection. Mm. Um, yeah. it's Cox is done for the season. List Frank is a really hard one. Yeah, so um, do you want to explain that to the listeners? So a Liz Frank injury is basically a um, or rupture of the the tendons that basically stabilise the arch of your foot. So if you have an in, that type of injury, your foot then becomes really unstable because your foot is made up of a lot of small bones so surgery is the only option and you need that to knit together really well in order to have a stable foot. So um, if he's having surgery, he's in a boot for minimum six weeks um, and then the rehab that comes along with that. So I don't know why you would bother bringing him back. No, I, I think he's done. That's a, about a 16-week injury, I would say. Especially with, with his height, uh, he's probably still growing. Yeah, uh, it's probably right at the end of his growth with his height um, and the loads that he puts through it. He's done for the year. Mm. Um, so the Essendon website actually don't list weeks anymore. So Langford has been medium term for quite a while, whatever that means. Right, because what? So I must have been seeing that on the AFL app then. Yeah. So Snelling, Voss, and Langford are all medium term. Uh, Stringer, Jones, and Stewart short term. And Andrew Phillips is a test with Nick Cox 
listed as a test. So this is updated 10th of May, so it's a week ago. Um, so who knows if that'll change. They, they did say Langford might be available after the buy, but why bother? Why bother with any of these guys? Just keep them out um, and let them get fit for next year. We're not playing finals. Um, I'd much rather they get really strong and healthy than come back this year. Mm. Yeah. Well, on the on the AFL app, it says one to two weeks for Langford. This was as of mm. la- must have been as of last week. And Will Snelling two to three. James yeah. Stewart test. Who's Patrick Voss? He keeps coming up on this list. He's someone we drafted this year. Right. Um, Harrison Jones apparently a test. Michael Hurley's still indefinite. He's finished. He won't play again. As much as that breaks my heart to say. So the only one that I would bring back into the team is Harrison Jones because I think we need to get games into him. Mm, yeah. The rest... it. Did he have a stress fracture? Is that what happened to him? Uh, no, ankle. Right. Was it last year he had a stress fracture? Am I making He had up? one last year. Yeah. And so what has he done to his ankle now? Just a rolled ankle. Right. And then he re-injured it on the way and he was about to come back and he rolled it again. Right, which would suggest that he hasn't done enough proprioceptive rehab. Um, well, I mean, it's it, pretty it unlucky. Only, it is unlucky. It, it only does your ears. It doesn't do your actual, it doesn't strengthen your ankle. Mm, mm, I disagree. Mm. But anyway, we're, we're talking rubbish. Um, we are going to lose to Richmond. Uh, I can't. I reckon see really... by eighty points. Yeah, I think it, it's seven plus goals for me. I can't so, see any meaningful changes to the team. Either. So it seems I'm getting a dusty tattoo next week. Disgusting. Imagine. I reckon I might go with the one on the side of my neck, just like his. It'd be a good look, don't you think? Yeah, it'd be amazing. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure Mum would love that. Mm. Well, where can they find us, the listeners, if we have any this week? Uh, Instagram at the Donfather Pod, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever the Google Samsung version is. I don't know because it's irrelevant. Um, Podbean. I think that's all the places, isn't it? It is. It is. And um, we'll be back next week. You know, we might be surprised, but I think it's very unlikely. I, I feel Disgusting. like this is quite depressing. Like, if anyone's listened to this far, good on you. Congratulations. But, um, congratulations. We have not had anything positive nor meaningful nor knowledgeable to say today, I don't think. Mm. Um, so let's hope next week we have something a bit more exciting to talk about. Well, thanks for joining me, Laura. No worries. Until next time. Go Bombers. Go Dogs.